What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the career of actor Daniel Craig and the movie The Tomorrow War. First, let's talk about the career of actor Daniel Craig. Craig's first big movie was Road to Perdition with Academy Award winners Tom Hanks and Paul Newman. And Craig plays a vastly different role than the one he's been known for playing most of his career. I mean, in this movie, Craig is a psycho who is trying to get his father's attention. I think this movie has become one of the more underappreciated movies of the early 2000s. Jude Law is great in this movie. If you have not seen Road to Perdition, I highly recommend it. It's one of the best gangster movies out there. The movie that put Daniel Craig on the map as an actor is Layer Cake. I think it's the movie that got him James Bond. He is fantastic in this movie. This movie is the directorial debut of Matthew Vaughn, who I think is the most underrated director working today. Matthew Vaughn has directed X-Men First Class, Stardust, Kick-Ass. I mean, this guy makes really good movies, and the best performance in a Matthew Vaughn film is Daniel Craig in Layer Cake. I mean, in the movie he's a hardened criminal who's trying to give up a life of crime and you are rooting for him the whole way and that's why that ending is so shocking and so well done. When I first saw the movie I hated that ending and then I rewatched Layer Cake and I was like, wow that is a powerful ending. And then after that, of course, Daniel Craig does what he's most known for. He takes over the mantle of James Bond from Pierce Brosnan and the franchise was kind of at a weak point at the end of Brosnan's run. I mean, the first Pierce Brosnan movie is thought of very highly, but the latter films were thought of as the weaker films of the franchise. And then Daniel Craig came in and kind of resurrected the franchise. I think for the most part, Daniel Craig's run as James Bond has been spectacular. Casino Royale is a great movie. Mads Mikkelsen shows up and plays a great bad guy. And then Skyfall I think is what every James Bond film should aspire to be. I think it's the best James Bond film. I think you get the two best performances you've ever seen in a James Bond film from Daniel Craig and Javier Bardem. I mean, Javier Bardem is going like Heath Ledger Joker in that movie. He's that good of a bad guy. And Javier Bardem is the absolute best at playing bad guys. I mean, just watch No Country for Old Men. And then he does it in Skyfall. I think he might be doing it in the Dune movie. I mean, I just want Javier Bardem to play the bad guy in big blockbusters because he's so good at doing it. So yeah, up until this point, Daniel Craig has been the star of two great James Bond films. The issue is the other two films are quite forgettable. I mean, Quantum of Solace and Spectre are nothing special, and I think the biggest flaw of those two films are the villains. I mean, Christoph Waltz is a great actor. He's barely in the film Spectre, and Quantum of Solace had a very weak villain. I mean, that's what makes a James Bond film a great James Bond film. They have to have great villains, and that's why Casino Royale and Skyfall are great films. Not only do they have have a great Bond in Daniel Craig. They also have two great villains played by Mads Mikkelsen and Javier Bardem. I mean, those two guys are great actors. Christoph Waltz is a great actor. He's a two-time Oscar winner. He was just playing a weak villain in Spectre. Since taking over the mantle of James Bond, it's the thing that Craig has been most known for, and rightfully so, but Craig has done good work in other films. I, for one, am a fan of the film Cowboys and Aliens. This was a film directed 
by John Favreau, that co-stars Olivia Wilde and Harrison Ford. This film is nonsense. It's pure and utter nonsense, but I think it's big blockbuster fun, and I like that a movie like this exists. It doesn't have to be self-important. It just feels like a fun blockbuster, and I think Daniel Craig actually gives a decent performance in this movie. He also starred in David Fincher's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. I'll talk more about that performance in a minute, but that film co-stars Rooney Mara, Stellan Skarsgård, and the late great Christopher Plummer. Craig also showed up in Steven Soderbergh's Logan Lucky, where he gives one of the funnest performances I've seen from a mainstream actor in years. He is great in that movie. I mean, he is playing almost a cartoon character. Daniel Craig in Logan Lucky reminds me a lot of Nicolas Cage in Raising Arizona. It's that kind of energy that you don't see a lot from a mainstream actor. Adam Driver is kind of doing the same thing in that movie, and I think it's why that movie is special. More people need to watch Logan Lucky for that Daniel Craig, Adam Driver performances. And then he played the lead of Ryan Johnson's Knives Out with Lakeith Stanfield, Ana de Armas, and again, Christopher Plummer. I mean, he's really good in that movie. That movie is a lot of fun, and that movie has become a big blockbuster sensation. I mean, that movie made over $300 million, and Netflix spent over $400 million to make the next two films. I mean, Craig is that rare type of actor that can play that suave leading man, and he's very believable in that role, but he can also play eccentric, wild characters who are completely out of their minds, and throughout his career, Craig has worked with a great list of filmmakers. I mean, look at the list of directors Daniel Craig has worked with. Sam Mendes, Matthew Vaughn, Steven Spielberg, John Favreau, David Fincher, Steven Soderbergh, and Ryan Johnson. Clearly, this guy wants to be a part of really good films, and for the most part, he has been. There are not a lot of bad Daniel Craig movies out there. Again, there are two forgettable Bond films, but even those are better than most people's bad films. I mean, he was in Steven Spielberg's Munich, which I didn't love, but I do think it's a pretty decent film. Daniel Craig's track record is better than most. I also feel like when we talk about the best British actors of modern times, nobody brings up the name Daniel Craig. They bring up Benedict Cumberbatch, they bring up Eddie Redmayne, and yeah, those guys have been nominated for Oscars and they're in more high-profile dramas, but Daniel Craig deserves to be up there with those type of actors. No, he's not Anthony Hopkins, but Daniel Craig is a really solid leading man who can play cool parts, and I think he's an underrated actor overall. I think he has a lot of similarities with another famous British actor, Tom Hardy. There are two things that Daniel Craig and Tom Hardy do in movies. They either play charming lead characters or they do crazy, wacky voices. I mean, Daniel Craig has done a crazy, wacky voice in both Logan Lucky and Knives Out, and Tom Hardy over the last five or ten years has been super well-known for doing crazy voices in movies. My absolute favorite performance of Craig's career came in David Finger's The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Yeah, this is Rooney Mara's movie. She maybe gives my favorite performance of all time, but I also love Craig in this film. Blumquist is a super compelling and complicated character, and Craig is brilliant in the role. I really wish we got a sequel to this movie. This is David Fincher's underrated masterpiece. Nobody talks about the fact that David Fincher made The Social Network and The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo back-to-back, and Rooney Mara gives two great performances in both of those films. And I don't think Craig has 
has ever been better on screen than in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. He has great chemistry with Rooney, and he has some great scenes with Stellan Skarsgård. I definitely recommend you watch the film Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Not enough people appreciate how good of a thriller this movie is. Craig's next movies are the highly anticipated No Time to Die, which will be the last time he plays James Bond, and Knives Out 2 with an all-star cast and includes Kate Hudson, Edward Norton, Catherine Hahn, Ethan Hawke, Leslie Odom Jr., Dave Bautista, Jessica Henwick, and Janelle Monet. I love Knives Out. I can't wait for Knives Out 2. And I've seen all four films where he has played James Bond, and I really want to see No Time to Die. It will be interesting to see who replaces him as James Bond. Will it be Tom Hardy, who appeared with Daniel Craig in Layer Cake, or will it be a surprising choice? I have no idea where that franchise is going to go. I do know this. Daniel Craig is without a doubt a top three James Bond. And I think you could make an argument he's the second best James Bond behind Sean Connery. I mean, he's really resurrected the franchise. He has made two really great films, two forgettable films, but still better than most Bond films, in my opinion. I think Craig is the reason that filmmakers like Sam Mendes and Kerry Fukunawa are willing to make James Bond movies, and that really upped the franchise, because these high-caliber directors are making super action-packed yet compelling action movies. Here's a list of Daniel Craig performances. I highly recommend Road to Perdition, Layer Cake, Munich, Casino Royale, Cowboys and Aliens, The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Skyfall, Logan Lucky, and Knives Out. Let's switch gears and talk about the movie The Tomorrow War. Here's a quick synopsis. Time travelers from 30 years into the future recruit people from the present to fight in a war against aliens and high school teacher Dan Forrester is drafted and learns he has a big role to play in saving the world. I wanted to see this movie. This movie looked interesting. I saw that Chris Pratt was the lead of it, and I find Chris Pratt to be an interesting figure. In one way, he's one of the biggest movie stars on the planet, but in another way, he's the most polarizing movie star on the planet. You either love him or hate him. My opinion on him is he's good at playing the action lead in a blockbuster like this in Jurassic world, but he's much better at being comedic in Guardians of the Galaxy and Parks and Recreation. Like, I think this Chris Pratt in this movie is kind of boring. It's a good performance. It's an okay performance, but you don't go away from watching The Tomorrow War having a good time watching him on screen like you do in Parks and Recreation. Like, he's hilarious in that show, and I kind of want that Chris Pratt more so than this one. I like the guy who's in Guardians of the Galaxy. That That's the type of guy I want him to play in big blockbusters. I mean, that's one of the reasons I really like Disney Pixar's Onward with Tom Holland and Chris Pratt, because Chris Pratt was playing a funny character. Chris Pratt kind of reminds me of Ashton Kutcher in the way that I can't take Ashton Kutcher playing a serious role. I don't believe him in it. I've seen Ashton Kutcher in that 70s show when Dude Where's My Car, so whenever I see him playing a dramatic role, I just don't buy it. I'm not sure this point in his career, I buy Chris Pratt as a dramatic action hero. Because every time I see him, I think of Andy from Parks and Rec, or Star-Lord from Guardians in the Galaxy. I can't take him in serious roles. Pratt next will star in Thor Love and Thunder 
Carter with Chris Hemsworth and Natalie Portman, Jurassic World Dominion with Bryce Dallas Howard, and the original cast, Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum, and Sam Neill, the Amazon series The Terminal List with Constance Wu and Riley Keough, and the third and final Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So you are going to be getting a lot of Chris Pratt in your face over the next two or three years, because that's a whole lot of blockbusters. That's free blockbuster movies. Chris Pratt films are about to make a whole ton of money, so if you are not the biggest Chris Pratt fan, this is not the time for you. The other star of this film is Yvonne Strofsky, who's known for her television work in Chuck, Dexter, and The Hands May Tale, and she gives the absolute best performance of this movie. I was so bored by this movie, and then Yvonne came on screen, and I was like, wow, she's giving a movie star performance in an action movie. That's what I want from a movie like this, a compelling performance, and for the longest time, I didn't think I was going to get one, and then she came on screen, and she kind of saved the movie, and is one of the reasons why I think this movie is actually pretty good. And there is one super intense screen between Stravowski and Pratt that I thought was the best scene in the movie, and I thought it was a genuine moment for a giant blockbuster like this. I mean, I really think she steals the movie. It's a really good performance from Yvonne Stravowski. The rest of the supporting cast includes Sam Richardson from the Detroiters, J.K. Simmons from Whiplash, and Betty Gilpin from Glow. It seems like J.K. Simmons is now just playing the dad who abandons his family. I mean, he did it in this movie, and he did it in that Apple TV Plus show with Chris Evans defending Jacob. Like, I want more from J.K. Simmons. I kind of thought his arc was the most ridiculous of all. Like, he abandoned his son, and then at the end, his son comes to him in his time of need, and he's there for him. I'm not sure how believable I found that character arc to be. And I know what you're going to say, Cam, the whole plot is ridiculous. It's about aliens and traveling into the future. I get it, but I just found that plot to be implausible. Overall, though, I did like the plot of the movie and how it centered on the family aspect of it all, like the father-daughter of it all. I really enjoyed, and I also like the idea of Chris Pratt's character becoming the one thing he vowed never to become. I mean, when he learns what he does, spoiler alert, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool that a blockbuster movie was willing to go there. Like, there's some actual human depth in a movie like this. I mean, usually the flaw of a movie like this is the lack of character development, but it's really there for the Chris Pratt character. What I think is the massive flaw of the movie is the tone of the movie. A movie with a ridiculous premise should never take itself too seriously, and that is exactly what The Tomorrow War does. This is a movie about people jumping into the future to fight a war against aliens. There should be some serious comedy in this movie. I mean, the movies I grew up with, Armageddon, Independence Day, The Rock, and even more recently, The Edge of Tomorrow, all had a great sense of humor about its ridiculous premise. And they also had fun leading performances. I mean, in Independence Day, you had Will Smith. I mean, he was the Fresh Prince at that time. In The Rock, you had Nicolas Cage, who was out of his mind. Even Sean Connery is a lot of fun in that movie. In Armageddon, you get Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck. And in The Edge of Tomorrow, you get a really fun, different Tom Cruise type of performance. That's what this movie was missing. Chris Pratt should have been Andy from Parks and Rec in this movie. That's who he should have been. Instead, he was super serious, super dull, and kind of boring. And a lot of people will compare The Tomorrow War to those kind of 90s action movies. It's not like that at all. It's not humorous. 
Congress, it's taking itself deadly seriously, which I think is its biggest flaw. I mean, yeah, Sam Richardson plays the comedic relief and he's a really funny guy. I really liked him and Mike and Dave need wedding dates, but the movie needed more humor. And what's even more crazy about this movie is this movie was directed by Chris McKay, the man behind the Lego Batman movie, one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. That's the type of tone this movie needed, the tone from the Lego Batman movie. I mean, other than that, the movie is really strong. I mean, the CGI aliens, I mean, you could tell they put a lot of money and time into this movie. I mean, the action scenes are legitimate. The final action scenes with Chris Pratt and J.K. Simmons and the aliens, I mean, that's insanely cool. I mean, I thought to myself, the aliens in this movie look better than the creatures in the Quiet Place franchise. That's pretty impressive. That's what makes the movie work as a whole, is it's cool. It is a cool premise. I mean, the whole future thing and the whole political thing it tries to do is utterly ridiculous, and I don't have any time for it at all. But as a fun blockbuster, this movie works except for its lack of humor. And that's why I think this is a good movie that had the potential to be great. Like, if Chris Pratt gave a fun performance in this movie, I would probably say it's great. And again, I'm not saying Chris Pratt is bad in this movie. On the contrary, I think he's pretty good as a boring, dull, leading man. Like, a lot of people would have played the character like that. I just want more of the Nick Cage from The Rock than Chris Pratt from this movie in my big blockbusters. I might be in the minority on that one, but I don't think I am because all the movies I mentioned did really well at the box office. I mean, Bruce Willis and Ben Affleck in Armageddon are two of the most ridiculous performances I've ever seen, yet that movie made a boatload of money. And because this movie is on Amazon Prime, you're never going to know how well it really did. They're probably going to make a sequel to it, just like Without Remorse. I mean, those are two movies that I found to be kind of flawed, but kind of entertaining at the same time. I mean, Michael B. Jordan and Chris Pratt, they're two big movie stars. Those movies are probably going to get sequels. But if those two films were at movie theaters, I'm not sure how well they would do. I'm not sure The Tomorrow War would have been a 400 to 500 million dollar movie like The Edge of Tomorrow because The Edge of Tomorrow, while it has a ridiculous premise, has a really fun Tom Cruise performance that we still talk about to this day. We also want the sequel to that movie because we want to see Tom Cruise be a fun blockbuster actor. Chris Pratt is a really good action actor. I don't think he's a blockbuster actor. He's not fun in this movie like he is in Guardians of the Galaxy. He needed to be more like Star-Lord from that movie in this movie. But overall, I really like this movie. Again, Yvonne Stravosky steals the movie with a great performance. You still get to see J.K. Simmons, Sam Richardson. Those are some fun performances by those two actors. I like the movie. I think it has a wacky premise. You don't really need to pay attention to this movie because of how ridiculous the plot is. Like, you can't follow it. Why they end up in an avalanche at the end. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever why all of a sudden they're fighting the aliens in the snow. Like, the movie never makes any sense. But the character arcs are really interesting. I really like the movie. But it is like an up and down roller coaster. And one of the biggest reasons why is it's two and a half hours almost. That's ridiculous for a movie like this. It's way too long. There are moments when you're like, I hate this movie. It's the worst thing I've ever seen. And then it wins you back. That's the rare thing about this movie is at some point you almost give up on it. Like I almost gave up on this movie and then Yvonne Stravosky came on screen and I was like, wow, I really like this movie. Then she left and I was like, wow, 
I kind of disliked this movie again. And then there was the fight in the snow at the end. And I was like, you know what? I actually really like this movie. And I definitely recommend you watch The Tomorrow War. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. And there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And this week, I put the spotlight on the career of actor Daniel Craig and the movie The Tomorrow War. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the career of actress Kate Blanchett and the movie Crisis starring Gary Oldman and Evangeline Lilly. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe.